What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And guess what? This is a historic moment. We are on episode number 400. It's crazy. 400 episodes deep. First and foremost, thank you, truly, from the bottom of my heart for listening, for being here, for spreading the love. I don't know why you keep coming every week and showing up and listening and letting me rant and ramble in your ear, but I am forever grateful. This whole thing actually started as a little bit of therapy for me. I had no idea that anybody would listen to my show. Literally, no idea. I was up one night and I couldn't go to sleep. And I had all of these thoughts going in my head. It was 2019, January of 2019. And I was just like, I need to get this stuff out of my head and I need to like speak it out loud. And I hadn't really thought about the format or what I wanted to do. It was just like, I know that this stuff has to come out of my head because it's keeping me up at night. And that was literally the beginning of the podcast. And I reached out to a local studio around me. Shout out to Pierre, who has been producing every episode since the beginning. And I used to go into his studio and record. And now, you know, he helps me out with the setup at home and makes the sound even better because you guys probably should know that it, it, I don't sound very good when it's just me. Uh, I need, I need enhancements to make my voice sound. It's not like something you can listen to. Anyway, so that was it. I contacted him. I was like, hey, I would love to come and rent some studio time and do this podcast. I have no idea what it's going to be like. And I hit record and I just started talking. And every week it was, you know, can I, there's another topic that's on my mind. I want to share this. I want to get, talk to this guest. And here we are. What is it? I guess four years later and 400 episodes. And now, I'm excited to do the next 400 and and uh, just just wanted to take a moment and say thank you and just kind of reflect for a minute on what a crazy journey it is. But I think it's also indicative of just how things happen in life where if you just do something consistently enough, you're bound to see signs of growth and improvement. And, you know, it doesn't matter to me, like the actual numbers of where we've we've gone. I remember looking at like my weekly metrics and being like, holy shit, 200 people listened to this episode. And I was like, so happy. And now we're getting over 20,000 downloads per week, which is just insane. But I remember along the way hitting these, like these, uh, we'll call it plateaus since, you know, we talk about fitness and nutrition, hitting these plateaus and being like, how am I ever going to get past this number? Like getting stuck at 5,000 downloads per week and being like, it's impossible to get through, but it's just reps over time and literally being consistent and not being so transactional. Because imagine if I was like, you know what, it's been a couple months and I can't break through this 5,000 per week download plateau. So why bother? I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to cancel the show and stop doing it. And I mean, that is in reality, that's what we, we often sound like when it comes to the scale. It's like, man, I'm doing all this work and the scale's not moving. So why bother? I should just stop. I should just quit. Like, okay. And, and what good is that going to do? So, uh, I know the struggle, but 
the reality is when you just keep focusing on the process and trying to make the process a little bit better. So for me, the process being even better was I needed better sound quality. I wanted better guests. I wanted better content. I wanted to be more consistent with frequency. Those were just like little tiny improvements that made a huge difference over time. And uh, here we are, 400 episodes in. And this episode um, is is kind of a, a revelation episode, which it may sound weird because it's not like this groundbreaking revelation. But I was actually in the shower and all great ideas happen in the shower. But I was in the shower and I was like, I had this vision. I was just kind of lost in my mind, which happens to me frequently. And I had this vision of how this entire process when it comes to fitness, nutrition, goal achievement, you know, trying to become the best version of yourself, however you want to frame it. I just had this clear as fuck vision of what this whole thing is, like the whole process. I, it just all came to me and I was like, oh my God, I, this vision is so crystal clear. I have to explain it. So typically my first thing is I always go and tell Mel and I'm like, Hey, you have to listen to this real quick because it may be crazy. Sometimes my ideas don't translate when I communicate them. I find that happens sometimes with my team where I have this idea in my head and then I say it on a team meeting and I'm like, you know what? That sounds really different coming out of my mouth than it sounded in my head. So I'm like trying to explain to Mel this revelation and she's like, yeah, I think it's great. I think you should do an episode on that. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I was all excited. And, uh, you know, she's like, you know, it's not like, it's not like a revelation. It's just kind of a way of describing the whole process that we, we take our clients through and like really how goal achievement happens. I'm like, I know, but it's such a crystal clear kind of analogy and, and way of visualizing this whole thing. She's like, yeah, go ahead, do it. <laughs> so she gets to be my first uh, filter, which is always helpful because she will be very honest with me if she's like, yeah, I'm not really following you on this one. Uh, maybe you should rethink it and kind of sort through some of the uh, the context. Anyway, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Because this is episode number 400, there's a few things that we're going to do. Number one, we're going to give away an extra winner for our uh, five-star review weekly challenge or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we'll do two winners instead of one. Let's go. With, we Actually, look at that. See, here's why it's so valuable to do these reviews because... There was only four people this week that did a five-star review, which means two of you, 50%, you had 50-50 chance of winning. Two of you are about to win a free supplement. So every week, if you go to your Apple Podcast app and you leave a five-star rating and review, you're eligible to win a free supplement of your choice from any of our sponsors, which would be Organifi, Cured, Paleo Valley, or Creatures of Habit. And so this week, 50-50 chance. The first one is Curls RN, who said, I can relate. This was a powerful episode. As a nurse who has Hashimoto's, it really it really struck me when you all were talking about talking and said, why? What are the underlying reasons for certain conditions? And it is so important to combine food and nutrition with standard medicine. So much to think about after this. It was great. Thank you, Curls RN. Uh, please email me, mike at peakoptimizationperformance.com, and I will get you all hooked up. And the next winner is Jack underscore N underscore 73. A fantastic episode, how fat loss really happens. 
As a regular listener who is in the middle of a fat loss journey, this latest episode really resonated with me. Anyone who struggles with their relationship with the scale and needs to be reminded to focus on the big picture should check this episode out. Thank you so much, Jack underscore N underscore 73. Do the same thing. Email me, Mike at peakoptimizationperformance.com, and I will get you all hooked up. The next thing that we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to please subscribe and follow the show. I have been convinced now that this is the best way for growth to occur, that the more people that subscribe and follow, uh, the better off we'll be. And I actually found out that there's a site where I can see like how many people are subscribed on each platform. So I'll be checking that out. I haven't looked at it yet, but I have a feeling that there's not that many people who subscribe because I listen to some like massive multi-million download podcasts. And when they report their statistics and it's like only 25% of listeners subscribe, I'm probably more in like the 10%. So if you... Whatever platform you're on, just hit the subscribe button or the follow button. And all that does is it just reminds you of when new episodes are being released. As of now, today, May 1st, when I'm recording this, we are going to move to three episodes per week. So there's a little uh, little foreshadowing. You may hear a Friday episode this week and forever <laughs> moving forward. So just just a little something to look forward to. Uh, and that's it. If you want to take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories, you can always tag me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And you may be eligible to win a little something, something if you do that as well. So those are all the ways that you can help out, help yourself, help me, help other people find the show if this is at all valuable to you. So let's, uh, let's talk about my shower revelation. So. I really don't know the best way to begin this conversation. I'm just going to jump in and it's probably going to sound a little bit scattered, but I promise it will all make sense. And I hope that you will understand this visualization and this analogy and why it is so on point to what this journey looks like. And when I say this journey, I truly mean anything that you're trying to achieve in life. Yes, I'm going to talk about it through the lens of fitness and nutrition, but from somebody who studies goal achievement as obsessively as I do, it is the same in every vertical. It doesn't matter what your goals are. You're trying to improve your financial situation. You're trying to improve your fitness, your body. You're trying to improve your relationships. If you're trying to improve yourself, personal development, it is the same exact process. Okay. So. The first thing is we are on a journey. We have, we have something that we're trying to do. We're trying to level up in some way. We have a goal that we're trying to achieve. Let's just use the simple example of I want to be more fit. I want to be leaner. I want to be healthier. I have body composition goals, whether it's from a health perspective, a longevity perspective, a strength perspective, performance, aesthetics. It doesn't matter. I know that right now I'm not where I want to be. There is a destination or there's at least a checkpoint that I want to get to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start moving forward in the direction of my goals. So currently, as it stands right now, currently, you have a baseline. And the baseline is the current behaviors and habits and routines that exist in your life today. This is your baseline. 
this baseline has evolved over time. But right now, your baseline is your baseline. And I'll give you a, an example that that illustrates the baseline effect. So when I was first getting started in this in the industry, um, I did a challenge, and and then I was a trainer for a gym that was doing these challenges. So the challenge that I did was like a New Year, New You um, challenge, which was very body comp driven. And I've talked about this before, and uh, gave me an obsessive mindset around food. It, it gave me this dichotomous thinking around food because there was a good foods list and a bad foods list and whatever. I got super lean though. And it didn't last all that long, but uh, it, it did carry over where uh, I kind of became orthorexic and uh, tried to maintain that way too low body fat percentage for myself. That was probably the leanest that I got from a, from a scale perspective, not from an actual body comp perspective. But anyway, I did that challenge. Um, ultimately, I ended up becoming a personal trainer. And then the gym that I was working at did a bunch of six-week challenges. And the concept of the six-week challenge, I'm sure a lot of you have have seen something similar where you put up a bunch of money and then if you lose a certain amount of weight, you get your money back or you can apply it towards a gym membership. And that became pretty popular around uh, around the country. I don't know if there were, you know, if it was around the world, maybe, but this concept of like the the six-week quote unquote free challenge is how it was framed. And a lot of gyms would do this. And they would have people put up like a $500 deposit. And it's like, you know, put your money where your mouth is. If you pay this $500 deposit, it's free if you follow these certain things. And it wasn't just the weight. Like you had to check in at the gym on social media. You had to follow like these certain protocols and you had to lose 20 pounds. So when I was running the challenges, you know, we would do in-body scans and weigh-ins and we would do starting pictures and we would even record people like, saying a little something. And then the last day would be like the weigh-in day. And, you know, even to the point where like, if, if somebody was uh, like, let's say they were at 19 pounds and they like, they just missed. And it was very strict that you had to lose 20 pounds to get your money back. And it was like 19 pounds. We would be like, Hey, go like sweat it out a little bit. Like go do a quick workout, 30 minute, just get your heart rate up, get some sweat out and then, and then come back and weigh again. And if you're, if you're at 20 pounds, like you're all good. And, um, so it's like not the healthiest approach, but, um, that was the challenge and, and people would sign up and, and, and loved it. And like, it was this very like motivating because there's all these people and it's in person too. So you're, you're like, Hey, let's do this together. Let's hold each other accountable. Right. And it's, and it was pretty extreme. Like the nutrition plan was pretty extreme. The workout requirements were pretty extreme. You had to be there, you know, a certain amount of days per week and had to follow your nutrition plan. And everybody was motivated to not have to give up their $500. So there was an incentive to stay consistent. But here's what happened every, every single six week challenge would end. And then, a bunch of people from the gym would go out and they would celebrate the end of the challenge and they would go out for drinks and they would go out for food. And then what would happen? They would go back to their previous baseline and their baseline at that time was, was such that they, they wanted to aggressively lose 20 pounds, meaning that their baseline actions and habits were conducive to being overweight or to being in a position that they didn't want to be in. Hence the desire for change. 
But this is an important concept to understand because the six-week challenge did not change their baseline. The six-week challenge was a deviation so extreme that it wasn't establishing any new foundational pieces. So when the six-week challenge ends, they default back to their previous baseline. And what I would witness is that all of these women and men would lose a bunch of weight during the challenge. They would go back to baseline and they would gain the weight back. And then of course, they'd be like, damn, I need to do the next challenge. So they would sign up for the next challenge. The same thing would happen. And then they'd go back to baseline. Now, over time, a lot of people would recognize the the pattern that existed. Like, what the hell? This doesn't work. It's not sustainable. Right. That's the point. However, this concept of baseline is really important to understand. What you currently do on a daily basis, your current behaviors, actions, habits, that's your current baseline. So right now, if you consume like 10 alcoholic beverages a week and you dine out like three to four times per week and you overindulge a couple times a week and your weekends are a shit show, there's no judgment to any of that. That just is your baseline right now. So if tomorrow I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut out alcohol. We're going to cut out you know, restaurant meals. We're going to eat super clean. You're not allowed to snack. You're not allowed to eat these foods. And like, here, here it is. Go after it and get after it for, let's just say 30 days, right? 30 days. You could probably do that. And you'd be like, oh, this sucks, but whatever. I want to lose this weight. And then after the 30 days was finished, you'd be like, oh, thank God that's over. And you would go back to baseline. You would start drinking again, 10 drinks a week. You'd start going out to eat again and you'd gain the weight back and you'd be right back at your baseline. Okay. So as we are recognizing this path to moving forward, the first thing is that your baseline only changes at a certain rate of change, which means that you can get away with maybe one to three, three fundamental small shifts in your baseline. Which means that if I insert, let's say, a five-minute walk every single day, that becomes part of my baseline over time. Once that is fully ingrained in my every day, like I say I'm going to do it, and then I do it consistently over time, and it becomes ingrained in part of my routine, just like the same way that brushing your teeth is part of your baseline. You know, getting dressed is part of your, your baseline. I'm sure going to work is part of your baseline. All of these things happen the same way. You just develop consistency over time and proof that you're going to follow through. When it's a new habit, we have to start small and we have to build confidence and proof that we're going to follow through, which is why you can only get away with maybe one to two, maybe three things at once. I prefer the one at a time approach when you're trying to change your baseline, but everybody's a little bit different. And there's no one way of doing this, but the concept is still the same. You, you change your baseline by instilling small fundamental shifts over time. That is super important because here's, here's the name of this game. Okay. So the name of this game when it comes to goal achievement is truly the feedback loop of failure. That's it. That is where the magic happens. The feedback loop of failure is everything. 
Because if you think about this like a video game, let's say that we're playing Super Mario Brothers. Oh, everybody remembers Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I used to play it all the time. Old school Nintendo, I still believe, is the best gaming system ever just because the games were so great. I know, I know graphics and all that shit, but like, let's be honest, nothing can beat the gameplay of old school Nintendo. So anyway, Super Mario Brothers, let's say you start out on level one, right? Level one, you start to go through the level and let's say you miss a jump and you die. And now you start back at the beginning of the level. You start back at baseline, right? You're back at baseline, level one, little tiny Mario. You don't have the mushroom. You don't have the star, the firepower, anything like that. You're just little Mario back at baseline, starting at the beginning of the level. Now, the feedback loop of failure says, okay, I missed that jump the first time. Maybe I jumped too early. Maybe I jumped too late. Uh, maybe I didn't see the little turtle person or whatever. <laughs> like You assess the failure. You as assess the setback. What happened? You get really curious. What did I do? Okay, now can I adjust? And then you make the adjustment. And then you go through the level and you get to that same jump. And hopefully you learn from that feedback loop of failure. Okay, I jumped too early. This time I'm going to time my jump a little bit differently. So you time the jump and you make the jump and then you continue on the level. But now let's say you get one of those flower guys shoots a little fireball at you and it hits you. And you're like, damn, I didn't see that coming. That's not fair. I didn't know there was going to be that little fireball spitting out of his mouth. Okay, failure feedback loop. Because what some people do is they're like, oh, the fire, the spitting little flower guy. I hope you like my descriptions. <laughs> the spitting fire guy is like the stressful event that happened at work. And you're like, I didn't know my boss was going to be such a dick. I didn't know that I was going to get into this situation at work that caused all this stress. And then it caused me to overindulge and eat like an asshole. I didn't know that this little fireball was going to be shot at me. That's not fair. So some people will look at that and the overindulgence and the binge episode and be like, screw this. I'm turning off the game. And they just quit. And it's the first sign of friction and they quit. Because it was unexpected and it threw them off and they died and they had to start back at baseline. They had to start back as little tiny Mario without any powers or anything. Back at square one, back at the beginning of the level. The feedback loop for people who are successful is, damn, I had no idea that that fireball was going to be shot at me. But guess what? Now I'm prepared for shooting fireballs. Now I know that they're coming. I know that they might be unexpected. So I'm going to be more aware. And when I see them, I'm going to try to dive, duck, dip, dodge, dive, right? I'm going to try to avoid the fireball. Okay, great. So now you go back through the level. You make the jump that you previously missed. You see the fireball that previously hit you and you make it all the way through level one. And now we're on to level two and we have a different skill set. Right now, the important thing is as you're going through these failure feedback loops, are you also improving your baseline? Because level two baseline should be a little bit different. Now, I know that this analogy kind of falls apart because baseline for Mario is always little tiny baby Mario, but for you, 
your baseline should be improving as you are going through the failure feedback loop process. And by the way, here's the important thing. The failure feedback loop process never stops ever, ever, ever. It never stops. There will always be more failure. There will always be more unexpected situation situations. There will always be random shit that occurs always and forever. So if you hit the friction point and you miss the jump or you get killed by a turtle guy or you get hit by a fireball or one of the boss man, like whatever, uh, Koopa Troopa or whoever beats you, it's not game over. It's not unplug it. Screw this. I'm taking my game and I'm going home. It's simply another failure friction point to learn from and then to plan for. And you are just, as you do this, all you're doing is you're adding tools to your toolbox. You are literally leveling up as a person every time that you do that. Every time that you have another friction point and another setback, you are able to develop skills and tools to overcome that failure the next time and to shorten the distance from the time that the event occurs to the time that you turn the page. That is how this process works. That's it. That is the, the, the absolute crux of it. That is how this process works for goal achievement. It is the feedback loop of failure. It's learning to adjust. It's then planning ahead for it the next time and recognizing that there will be more failures ahead. And that's okay because when they occur, I'm going to add to my toolbox. I'm going to add to my skill set. Now, guess what? You may fall into the same hole twice, three times, four times, 10 times. You may miss the same jump over and over again. Like, I don't remember the exact level, but I know that there was levels in Super Mario Brothers where there was just a really difficult jump and it took like 10 times to finally get it because certain setbacks and failures are more complicated than others, but it's the same concept. You miss the jump the fourth time. Do you say, screw this? I can't do it. I'm going home. I'm turning off the game. Or do you say, damn, like I'm, I'm picking up on little things that might be helpful for the next one and the next one. And the next one. And finally, you make the jump. And now you have that skill set. Let's circle back. Your baseline has to continue to improve through this process. So your baseline started with a five-minute walk every day. And then maybe you incorporated drinking water first thing in the morning. And then maybe you incorporated uh, a high-protein breakfast and improving the quality of your meals. And then maybe you started to reduce your alcohol intake. And then maybe you started to increase your self-care practice, right? And these are over time. Your baseline keeps improving over time. So each time you die, metaphorically, like in the game scenario, not in the life scenario, because at that point it's over anyway. <laughs> but in the Mario scenario, when you die and you go back to baseline, if Mario were indicative of real life, you would go back to whatever level you've established as your baseline level. So maybe your your big Mario with the firepower, the you know the flower power, whatever it's called, right? Because you've developed that over time. So it's it's twofold. This process is literally two things. It's improving your baseline 
or your foundation or whatever you want to call it. It's improving your baseline and it is improving your failure feedback loop. That's it. That is literally the process. The only difference here when when we use the Mario analogy is that Mario, you can beat the game. With goal achievement and in life, you don't get to beat the game. You just keep going more levels. So level 10, level 12, level 100, it never stops. It never stops. There's always another level, which is the reason why you should probably love playing Mario. You should probably love the game. If you don't love the game, you're going to get sick and tired of all these levels. Be like, this fucking sucks. I don't want to keep playing levels. If you don't love the game, you're going to quit. You're going to stop. So this whole mindset of like, I have to do all of this bullshit, restrictive, crazy, extreme stuff. And, and this mindset of, I need results like tomorrow. I need to see instant gratification like yesterday. Oh, the scale didn't move this week. What the hell? Somebody motivate me. The scale didn't move. No. You're choosing to play the game. You should love the game. Now, are there frustrating points of the game? Of course. We've all been frustrated playing Mario. We all get frustrated where sometimes we're like, you know what? I timed that damn jump perfectly. There's no reason why I should have fell in the hole. Or that that fireball didn't really hit me. I think it was a glitch in the game, right? We get so frustrated. Sometimes we make it so far to the end of the level and then we die at the last possible second. We're so pissed off. Now I have to start all the way back at the beginning of the level. Yeah, it's frustrating sometimes. But what what else are you going to do? Are you going to unplug the game and go home? No, if you really want this, if you want what you say you want, you're going to pick yourself up. You're going to recognize the friction point, the failure point, and you're going to adjust. You're going to learn from it. You're going to start back at the beginning of the level. You're going to start back at baseline and you're going to keep going. That's how this works. That is literally how this whole process works. There's nothing more to it. Now, within each of these two segments, of course, we could go as deep as we want. But on the surface, that's it. Improve your baseline, right? I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So right now, so I gave you the example of the challenge people. And, uh, and even for myself, like my diet history, it was basically going back to baseline. Baseline for me, and here's why the baseline part is, is really complicated. And I shouldn't say complicated. It's actually really simple. It's really difficult. And here's why. So when I was trying to lose weight, when I was like 260 pounds or whatever I was, and I dropped like 80 pounds and I gained it back and I kept losing and gaining, my baseline looked like an absolute shit show. I drank way too much. I ate a lot of fast food, fried food. Um, I didn't cook a lot. And so when I would do these programs, like my meal plans and my restrictive diets and everything, it was such a dramatic change from my baseline that there's, I wasn't learning anything. There was nothing sustainable about it. So I always went back to baseline, which is why I always gained the weight back. But here's the challenge. Changing my baseline fundamentally meant changing my environment, changing my social circle, changing the way that I have fun with friends. Like no longer was my Saturday filled with, you know, a case of beer, like drinking 12 beers on a Saturday. I had to fundamentally change the the way that I connected with friends and with in in relationships too because my wife at the time was was a big drinker 
that changed the dynamic of the relationship. So there are certain things when it comes to baseline that, that creates tension and you have to make some difficult decisions. Is this environment conducive to the results that I want? Are these people that I'm surrounding myself with conducive to the results that I want? So the, the baseline shift can be really challenging. It's simple in concept, but it's really challenging in practice. And that's why so many people do the restrictive plan because they don't actually want to change, but they're, they're like, I can suck this up for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. But then when they go back to baseline, they lose all of their progress. Hello, Optavia. Like that's, is that's the, the most prime example of nothing. You're not learning anything about quality nutrition. You're following a, a bunch of like delivered foods that you're under eating to a severe extent. You're not doing anything from a exercise standpoint that builds quality habits because they tell you not to train. So of course you go back to baseline and gain the weight back. And of course there's the, the damage of long-term implications for your metabolism and your hormone health. But that's besides the point. What we're talking about is the foundation. So recently I've been on this, this fat loss journey and I'm down about seven pounds and I just had a pretty restrictive week. And, and the way that we're doing this is we're kind of um, using a little bit of metabolic flexibility and we're going into a steep deficit alternating with maintenance weeks. Um, just a strategy because I have a very adaptive metabolism, which means that my body adapts on the way down quickly and on the way up quickly. So it's nice on the way up because I can increase my calories pretty quickly without gaining a lot of weight, but it sucks on the way down because my body down regulates very quickly. So I don't lose weight as fast as most people. So that's just the hand that I was dealt. One of the ways that we combat that is by doing more extreme deficits with with maintenance breaks and diet breaks. And then we do some metabolic flexibility stuff by doing a week of very low carb, very high fat, and then switching it up and doing very high carb, very low fat um, to kind of change the dynamics of fuel sources that my metabolism is running on. So this past week, it was very high fat and very low carb. And when I say very low carb, like I'm talking like 85 grams of carbs and I'm a 190 pound man. So for those of you who are complaining about your, your low carbs, like 85 grams of carbs is really low carb for me and for most people. So I went through the whole week and I actually felt pretty good. But then towards the end of the week, you know, as, as to be expected, my hunger and my cravings kicked up a lot. And so Mel and I planned to have a free day on, on Saturday. And I was like, you know, I'm going to keep it like relatively dialed in. And then Saturday night, um, we didn't have anything planned. We actually had, um, her kids had a big sleepover. So there was like, I don't know, like seven or eight kids at her house. And Mel and I were just like, you know, we'll, we'll get some food together. We'll hang out. We'll, we'll enjoy ourselves. Um, and we got, we both got like these delicious salads from a pizza place, but then we also split a gluten-free pizza. And it's really good. We did like broccoli and olives and uh, meatballs and then gluten-free crust. And, um, and then after I had the salad and the pizza, I just kept eating. And so I, I was eating like M&Ms and uh, brownies. And then uh, the kids got pizza and I ate one of their regular slices of pizza. Like 
it just kept going. And then we got ice cream and Mel was like, I'm only going to get one scoop. I'm like, I'm going to get two scoops and all these toppings. And like, and it just got to a point where I felt like, man, that was really stupid. And I don't, so here's, here's the point. Sunday was perfectly fine. Back to my normal routine. But previously, if I had my previous baseline, that Saturday would have spilled over into Sunday and Sunday would have been a shit show because that's how it used to be. My baseline used to be, all right, well, I'm just going to enjoy Sunday. Maybe we'll go out for a big indulgent brunch. Maybe we'll get mimosas at brunch. You know, all this stuff would have just spilled. And then Monday would have been, all right, now I have to over rotate because of the debauchery that happened. So now I have to go back into this extreme protocol where nothing is sustainable and I'm not changing my baseline. So I hope that makes sense. But Sunday, it was just my baseline is, okay, morning routine. I'm going to drink my lemon water. I'm going to drink my Organifi green juice. I'm going to drink my coffee. Mel and I sit down and we do our little, uh, we have we do like our own personal little therapy session where we just talk about our relationship. We talk about the things that we did well, that we're grateful for that week. We talk about some of the things that annoyed us that we can do better. And then we talk about like, what's one thing that we, a win that we had as a couple and a wonder that we have as a couple. Like, I wonder if we did X, Y, Z, what would happen? Um, it's just our little routine that we do every weekend. So we, it, part of the baseline is all of these things that I've developed over time. So, you know, getting out for a walk, easy, even though it was pouring rain, we still get our walk in. Um, you know, making sure that I'm starting my day with water and putting something good into my body, getting a high protein breakfast, most, you know, eating high quality foods, because this is all part of baseline. And then today, same thing. The routine is in place. I'll get to the gym. I'll get my steps in, right? Like the baseline is the savior, even though there was the, the setback, small setback, but Here's the thing when I when I address it, it's like okay feedback loop. I wanted a free meal. I was there. I did it really well, really mindfully, and then it just kind of carried on a little bit too long. So for the next time, I'm probably going to have to plan the, for the fact that I might want a little bit of dessert. Maybe just think you know mentally. It's like okay, I'm going to include the free meal, and I'm also going to include a little bit of dessert, and I'm going to try to frame it in as best I can with something that I think will satisfy me based off of this experience, knowing that I wasn't satisfied with what I did. So just a slight adjustment, learn, add something to my toolbox. Next time I'll be a little bit more prepared. And if the next time failure happens again, or the setback happens again, it's all good. I will go through the same exact thought process and learning process. And we just keep moving forward. But the feedback loop and the, and the ability to come back to baseline is really the point like when you have that foundation that you've built up over time, you're basically unstoppable. But too frequently, too frequently, we jump into these protocols that teach us nothing about the foundation. They teach us nothing about the foundation. Now, there's all these different skill sets that you acquire when you, when you learn, like, was it stress related? Was it, um, you know, I made an emotional decision. Was it, you know, when, whenever I get into an argument with my spouse, this happens and it's poor coping mechanisms. It's poor emotional processing. It's, it's poor stress management. That's, I would say that's one of the things that's probably come up the most for me is how do I navigate stress? 
And I never used to have my, my baseline previously for managing stress was to just stuff it down. And it was just to bottle it up and to pretend like it didn't exist and to try to power through. And that always led to extreme self-sabotage and burning myself out and blowing myself up. So what did I do? I started to learn how to process my emotions more effectively, better coping strategies, better ways of self-care and managing stress. Now I lean on like, you know, a lot of the, the supplementation that I do is purely from a stress management standpoint. Uh, that's why I, I become so invested in, in the products and the processes that Cured Nutrition uses. And, you know, Joe Sheehy is a good friend of mine. I, I fully believe in the mission of like, most people are way too stressed out and way too anxious on a day-to-day basis. So why is the supplement industry so focused on, you know, caffeines and pre-workouts and, and getting a pump and all this stuff when, when we really should be talking about stress and, and recovery and adaptogens and functional mushrooms and all of these beautiful products that are natural that help us to manage anxiety, to manage stress, to get a better night's sleep. And that's the lens that I view this through now because my baseline was poor coping mechanisms and outlets for stress. Now I have things like, okay, um, I'm going to take serenity gummies before bed every night. I'm going to take the um, calm caps if I'm a little bit anxious or the CBN oil if I'm a little bit anxious each day. Um, I have self-care routines and wind down routines. And I know how to do some, some deep breathing and some journaling and, and meditation and just these practices that I've developed over time. But really like to me, the whole supplementation angle is a simple one because it doesn't require a dramatic shift, like building that habit, which is, I, I think when you're talking about baseline, that's, that's the advantage, build the habit that serves the purpose. So okay, I'm going to take serenity gummies every night. That's an, an easy habit for me to establish. Uh, one thing that I recommend if you're struggling with, if, if you're struggling with your sleep, um, get the sleep bundle from Cured and add the serenity gummies. I'm telling you, it is like the trifecta, the holy mecca of, of sleep. Um, I actually just had somebody who messaged me who said she she's in our Pop Essentials program. And she said that, she has struggled with sleep for years. And just by adding the serenity gummy, she's never slept better in her life. I'm actually going to screen grab that comment and post it to my stories a little bit later. So you can see what I'm talking about. But those little things, when it comes to skill sets and, and the feedback loop of failure, like if you know that you struggle with stress, then invest in something like cured nutrition, serenity gummy, sleep bundle. Plus you get 20% off being a mind over macros listener. So you can go to curednutrition.com and use code popfam. That's P O P F A M code popfam at checkout for 20% off. You also get a discount on their bundles, which are already discounted. So I highly recommend get the sleep bundle and add the serenity gummies to it. And you will not be disappointed in how well that you sleep. CuredNutrition.com. The code is POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M. Get 20% off. And um, let me know. I have yet to hear somebody who's who said, oh, I took the Serenity gummies and they didn't help. It has not happened yet. So let's keep testing. Try it out for yourself and let me know what you think. But listen, this is like these two segments, establishing baseline and then the failure feedback loop. You're, you're playing a game. You're playing this game of goal achievement. You're playing this game of trying to become the best version of yourself. Um, if that friction point, if that failure point creates a scenario where you say, I'm going home, I'm taking my game and I'm going home, 
I'm leaving. I don't want to play anymore. Then you're not going to get to your goal. Like it's pretty straightforward. You're, you're choosing to exist in your current state, which is fine. If that's it, like if you say to yourself, I am not capable of anything more than what I'm doing right now. I don't have any other aspirations for my life, for my health, for my fitness, for my family. That is fine. No judgment. It's okay to say that. It is perfectly okay to say that. Like, I'm content. I'm good. I don't want to strive for anything right now. There aren't any goals that I want to achieve. That's fine. But if you're saying that you have goals, that you want to become a better version of yourself, that you want to acquire more skills, that you want to be able to reach new levels of this game, then you can't quit when you hit a friction point. And by the way, where we do this, uh, we have this two week free trial for our pop essentials program, which is our kind of like our mid tier nutrition coaching. And you also get access to our training programs and it's all done within our app and people are, are loving it. And every single week when we do check-ins, I just post all of these um, testimonials and, and progress pictures and, and weight graphs. And we have all these people who are absolutely killing it. And what's funny is the two week free trial, a lot of, I, I was very transparent about the reason behind it. And, and the reason is that I do want people to experience from the inside what we do, but it's also a filter process for me and my team as well. Because on the one hand, um, on, on the client side of things, you should make an informed decision for yourself based off of experience. So you come into the program, you come into Pop Essentials for a trial, and you have two weeks where you don't have to pay a thing and you can cancel before the two weeks is up and not pay anything. So you could get everything for free for two weeks. There's no minimum commitment. There's no length of stay that we require. You can literally cancel on any day. So you could stay for 10 days, 13 days, or you could stay for 114. Doesn't matter. You can cancel anytime. So on the client perspective, you get to come in and see for yourself all of the resources we have and the app and the coaching and the training and all the things and be like, yes, you know, for 147 a month, this is really valuable. I want to continue doing this. Or you can say, uh, for 147 a month, I think you guys suck. I think you're terrible people and you suck as coaches and I'm out of here. And, and that's fine. But from our perspective, there's also a filter process because if somebody, and this happens, right? Somebody comes into the app, they, they join the trial and they're like, well, I couldn't figure this all out right away. So I'm going to leave, right? It's the, the first sign of friction and somebody's like, I'm taking my game and I'm going home. Then I know that they're not ready to change. So there's a filter process. I know that if you hit that first friction point, like, well, it's been a week and the scale's not down yet. So I'm leaving. Great. Go. You're always going to struggle. Until you get over that mindset, you will always struggle. If you keep expecting the instant gratification, or if every time you hit a friction point, your, your conditioned response is screw this, I'm leaving, then you will always struggle. If you look at it as, you know what? This is a new platform. This is a new training program. This is a new process for my nutrition. I'm going to take the time to, to, Listen to my coach who's giving me one tangible action step. I'm just going to focus on that. I'm just going to focus on the one thing that I can do to gradually improve my baseline over time. And when the friction point happens, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to learn from it. 
and I'm going to get better because of it, then I know that you're in the right place and you will succeed. Now, I do my best to try to help people develop that mindset. But if somebody is already in a fixed mindset and they come in and they're like, well, I didn't get I didn't get the hang of it on day one, or I didn't lose 10 pounds in the first two weeks, so I'm leaving. I can't help that person yet. They need to help themselves to a certain extent where then they're open to receiving help and guidance. So it was kind of a test on that side too, where we have the free trial for for a reason. From your perspective, it's let me make an informed decision by seeing my seeing the inside first. And from my perspective, it's let me see how you handle this process. Are you ready to build a stronger baseline? Are you ready to deal with friction points and failures? Or are you going to hit a wall and say, I'm quitting because it didn't go exactly as I wanted it to right out of the get-go? That's that's the long and the short of it. And it's it's kind of just a way of filtering from both sides. And I think it's been really beneficial. And, and we just started this. So, so far, I'm I'm pleasantly you know, pleased with how that's all been transpiring uh, because it's really been helpful from our perspective as well. Uh, you can go to neurotypetraining.com slash trial, neurotypetraining.com slash trial. If you want to see what I'm talking about for yourself and you can make an informed decision for yourself, but listen, that's it. This is the process. Build a baseline, improve it over time. So that when you, when you lose, right, I don't want to say die because it's, but like in the Mario analogy, right? You fall through the hole, you get killed by a fire guy or whatever, right? You go back to baseline. So let's build a baseline where going back to baseline is a really strong foundation, which takes time, one thing at a time, maybe two things at a time. Maybe if you want to stretch it out, three things at a time, but it really has to be simple. You have to be like, this almost feels too easy great, we're on the right track. And then stack up that evidence that you're going to do it every single day, no matter what. So you build that baseline, you improve the failure feedback loop. How quickly can you learn and adapt and adjust and grow from those setbacks and those friction points? And that is it. And then you never stop playing the game ever, never. It just keeps going level after level. If that doesn't excite you, then you're probably in the wrong place. Hopefully this was helpful. Thank you for being here for 400 episodes. Here's to 400 more, and I will talk to you guys very soon.